0: So settle back and enjoy another afternoon of snooker. What a shot. This is so special. Brilliant. Oh. Fantastic. And that'll put a little spring in a step.
1: He's done it.
2: This is Snooker Club. This is Snooker Club, the World
1: Snooker Tour official podcast. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever uh, and whenever you're listening. Welcome to the Snooker Club with the seven-time champion of the world Stephen Hendry
2: and me, Mark Watson, uh, no-time champion of the world so far. We've also got comedian and actor Joe Wilkinson as a guest on today's show. He'll be talking about how he is the best friend of
1: Steve Davis, although we don't actually have any verification on that from Davis, and he'll be taking
2: on the always dramatic quiz. Speaking of drama, how good was the shootout last week in Swansea? Yeah, we'll be looking back at all the action and discussing which players are under pressure to perform in the Scottish Open this week the final ranking event of 2023 uh, and loads of emails have flown into the inbox this week so let's get cracking with episode 7 of Snoopy trap how are you doing Stephen I'm not bad I'm not bad but I've got a little uh, seen a little nice piece uh, in the media recently apparently I'm a pantomime villain a uh, little piece you did. <laughs> I don't want this. I don't want my words to be taken out of context.
1: You're referring to uh, comments I made in an interview in the official programme for the UK Championship, where I just... Well, look, I did use the phrase pantomime villain. Let's not let's not (laughs) run away with it. Uh, They asked me what it was like to work with you, and I said it was strange because in the nineties, you
2: you you despised me.
1: (laughs) Well, once again, once again, let's not uh, let's not put words into my mouth here. I just said basically that. uh, it got quite annoying when you dominated snooker in that period and uh, uh, sort of, so I quite enjoyed you uh, getting beaten by Doherty that final, for example, and by, but it was very, um, yeah, I sort of <laughs> didn't think it would get back to you, to be fair. I didn't think he'd, <laughs> he'd use that bit.
2: I think he was just, I expect him to just use the bits where I said, oh, it's an absolute honour to work with Hendry. Um, <laughs> you know the media, they're never going to use nice bits. They're never no. going to be complimentary. Sure enough, always trying to run us down, trying to create division even between us on this. Like uh, what? All I can say is uh, I'm very fond of you now that you um <laughs> struggling to pick up a frame. No, talking about obviously, I mean, I so many people. Um, when I meet people, says, oh, would, would you not be feel better? Would you not let Jimmy win one? Would you not let it to be more? But I says, no, no. And I did, I did a show at uh, Lincoln Snooker Club the other night. And they played 10 players, and as they introduced them, they introduced them, they said, Oh, this is such and such. And his favourite player is. How many out of 10 do you reckon that I was a favourite player? <laughs> One. I bet, I bet Jimmy got a <laughs> One. few. One out of 10. Is, well, I suppose it yeah. is quite bad, yeah. Uh, I suppose zero would have been, you know, looking the positive side. Yeah, yeah. They probably told someone, You've got to say is your favourite player just because it's, <laughs> it's too embarrassing. This <laughs> is zero. You didn't
1: go out there to make friends, Stephen,
2: you went out there to win. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, yeah, that's been, that's been proven to be successful. That, <laughs> sure that, <enough>. that MO. <laughs> sure enough,
1: yeah. Sure enough, you got the trophies and you didn't make any friends. So, uh, yeah, job done. Since our last podcast, we've seen Ronnie pick up his eighth UK championship title. Yep. Uh, more recently, Mark Allen, the pistol, appropriately won the shootout. We'll get on to the shootout and an amazing week hmm. just gone in Swansea. But before we do, well, I mean, what can you even say about, about Ronnie?
2: A relentless champion, even now. Obviously, I was working there for the BBC, so I seen yeah. it all. There was two, or three times in the week where he, he could have and perhaps should have lost. What he does now, um, and it's incredible, he basically just does enough to win. He yeah. doesn't. Um, he used to talk about in years gone by. Um, I, I don't bother about results. I bother. I bother about my performances. It's now sort of turned full circle. Yeah, it's now about it's now but not about the performances. It's about getting the wins, which makes him a much much more dangerous proposition. Um, yeah. So yeah, there was two or three times during the week where he could have lost, didn't play his best, and then the final. Uh, you know, he started started well, and then four four. I must admit, when it went to seven seven, I was commentating in the last session. I thought Ding was going to win. Ding made a century. Yeah. He just found a gear at the right time, and that's what the great champions do. Like you say, he spent most of the week saying, oh, "I'm playing rubbish. I'm not really." Yeah. Uh, as usual. Yeah, he was. He was saying. He was saying like it wasn't. wasn't at his best. But he, I mean, he did. Yeah. As say, he did qualify it by saying that he was trying his best just to do what he needed to do to to get the result. And as I say, that makes them so so much more tougher to beat for for the for the rest of them. There's nothing more frightening than Ronnie Sullivan that actually is going all out to
1: win. Exactly.
3: Hello, I'm Jed Trump, and whenever I'm flying around the world, I listen to the World Snooker Tour podcast, the Snooker Club. <laughs>
1: A peak of 2.6 million people watched the Q UK Championship final on BBC, which is higher than other major sporting events, such as Ryder Cup, Test Match on Sky, the European Formula 1 Grand Prix on Sky, the Football League Playoff final, and um, also was Snooker Tour announced that every day of the Masters has sold out already. 30,000 tickets, every session gone. Snooker is popular, Stephen, people are watching it.
2: People say, oh, nobody watches Snooker anymore, but these figures show that, I mean, it's still very, very popular, obviously, against these other you know, huge sports but snooker yeah. still you know, stacks up very healthily. Uh, one thing, speaking of Ronnie, well, before, we're always speaking about him, but before we move on from Ronnie, um,
1: one thing I noticed in in his post-match interview with World Snooker was that he said about himself he doesn't have the best Q action. He said that Trump and Robertson both mm. had a better Q action. What do you think obviously is if you're not a player yourself, it's quite difficult to get into the nuts and bolts of Q of action. Robertson is, is always regarded as one of the best, I know that, but What do you think? Is it, is it just that Ronnie's, he's so good that the technique side of it goes out of the window a bit? He's just got his own thing.
2: I, I think I think he has got fantastic cue action. I think he's got great, great. he goes through the cue ball beautifully. Well, He, he strikes the cue yeah. ball beautifully. Um, when you watch closely, there's a lot of movement when he's sort of doing his waggles before he strikes the cue ball. You know, there's there's, there's a bit of movement yeah. in his body that is not textbook. Um, yeah. Judd is certainly, you wouldn't say, his textbook because the way he aims and comes across the cue ball um, is so natural. But you couldn't teach that, and you certainly wouldn't want to coach Judd out of that. Um, but tell, if you look at the likes of Robertson, if you wanted to sort of build a, a snooker robot, that would that would be that would be pretty much what what you would look for because it's so straight. But even when Neil it's slightly to the side of his chin because he's got a more dominant eye. So you know that you know middle of the chin would be yeah, your know, both eyes both eyes dominant. Um, so even he's got his own sort of um, little little quirk. But yeah, Robertson is probably the benchmark when it comes to technique and snooker. I was going to suggest maybe he is a robot, but actually he's had his troubles this this year. If if he'd made mm. a robot. Uh, if Robert yes, wasn't a robot it was, it's he'd, he'd be functioning a malfunction a, bit yeah. Yeah. a system <laughs> failure if he is a robot
1: <laughs> yeah it's interesting isn't it? if, if a player gets to a certain has a certain level of talent then like you said there's sort of no point trying to pick apart their technique you just they just do what they do and it works and that's, as we've said Ronnie always exaggerates these things his cue ball action
2: must be decent because otherwise he, he puts an awful lot of balls for someone that hasn't, hasn't got great yeah it's i mean the, the the control he has in the cue ball um you couldn't do that if you had a technical fault or a bad technical fault look everyone misses pots even ronnie and when you miss a pot more often than not it's down to say so you haven't queued it properly or, you, or, or or something's gone wrong but generally um, the way he strikes the cue ball is as good as it gets basically yeah there you go so if you're listening Ronnie we think your cue ball striking is absolutely fine I'm sure he's delighted that we, we're yeah. we happy with it He will
1: be yes yeah. just keep <laughs> plugging away Ronnie and you will get there snooker <laughs> can be tough but you'll get there
2: hi I'm Luca Brassell and when I'm driving around in the Ferrari I love listening to the WST official podcast snooker club <laughs>
1: Before we move on to the shootout, uh, last week on the 147 pod, there was a teaser for an interview with Ronnie's documentary director, Sam Blair. We're going to tease you even more now and hold that back to the new year, because the piece will be going in the printed programme for the Masters. So make sure you get a copy of the programme if you're going to Ali Pali. It's uh, one of many fascinating pieces. And who knows, maybe there's me slagging off Stephen a bit more <laughs> in that programme. I, I don't think... I, Remember doing that, but uh, I—you I, I,
2: you couldn't rule it out. Um, now on to the bet Victor shootout. Well, I mean, where do you start with it, Stephen? Mm. I don't know whether it's the—the—the the, the anxiety of the, the players are going through the suffering, um, the excitement. It's—it's—it's it's, it's incredible. But I mean, yeah. I mean, let's start with Sean Murphy's one four seven. I mean, absolutely incredible. I mean, what a moment in snooker history. Straight after, people are making comparisons with Ronnie's five and a half minute one in the World Championship. Um, yeah, which I still think is is the better is the better achievement because of the time because it was in the world championship. But there's no there's no ignoring it. what Sean Murphy did was phenomenal, fantastic effort. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's difficult to compare it, isn't it, with
1: with one in different circumstances because um, it makes you realise how insane
2: Ronnie's five and a half minute one. Was really the fact that Sean Murphy had you know clocks beeping, and after five minutes, you've got a 10 second shot clock now, um, <laughs> yeah. and the crowd, and everything like that. Where Ronnie's was done in, in, in perfect condition, silence it was amazing. I mean, I, I, when someone told me, I, I didn't see it, someone told me done I, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I thought, this is this is that's incredible
1: yeah it's pretty they're not conditions you would expect anyone to ever make a maximum under that's for sure and it was pr- pretty incredible to watch. I felt a bit sorry for the other guy because it in a one frame game it's to lose one hundred and forty seven mil is a tough one to swallow. I've seen Robertson on Twitter saying it doesn't compare with some of the classics at the crucible just because the shootout is a, a bit of fun compared with that and it is fun but um still
2: listen i i hear I hear his argument i do but i mean yeah. the fact that you in, in you you're only playing one frame you've got all yep. that atmosphere you know, one chat and and that in that one frame in that 10 minute span with 15 seconds a shot then 10 seconds a shot you've made a 147 you've had you've played a perfect frame of snooker within that time frame i think look it's, 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 it's he's, he's in the conversation for it being one of the best breaks in snooker ever definitely there you go obviously there was an unbelievable game between c uh, and wilson
1: which went to a well a shootout mm. didn't it a, a blue a blue ball off that was something to watch
2: as well well, I mean, it's, it's, that it was just phenomenal. I couldn't believe it. I just, when, when are they going to stop missing this blue? I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, I know, I know, I know it's a kind of shot that professionals practice a lot, um, you know, in their daily, daily routines, they probably set up blues and maybe pot 20 in a row off the spot. And it's something that it's technique driven. And, you know, yeah. if you've got a good technique, you should pot it. But when the crowds, Screaming at you, um, and it's to win the frame. I mean, it's just it was just phenomenal, yeah. it really and, was. And Kyron
1: was deliberately winding the crowd up, in fact, doing that like cupping
2: his hand to his ear after every bloom, yeah. whatever. I mean, it, it didn't seem to face CJ Wee at all. He just it, he, he went first and he just straight in the middle of the pocket every time. He, he just kept
1: banging them in, yeah, fantastic mm. stuff. Obviously, it's again only in the shootout we'd ever see a frame decided like that. So, real piece of drama, and at times like that, you can see why. People love the shootout because that's a knife-edge situation which you'd, you'd never get in any other tournament. And it's nice to see as well, who um, obviously got so close to the final of the Worlds against Luka mm. and then it all went wrong. So he's shown yeah. that he can handle himself under pressure, obviously.
2: He's a cool customer. He's he's, he's going to be around for a long time, um, CJ. We really have to cope with that pressure, but look like you're enjoying it as well. That's that's uh, yeah. that, that was really good. Really good. Yeah, you don't see players grinning as much in most
1: tournaments as you, as you do in the shootout. It definitely does look like a real laugh to be part of. But as we have said, not for you, Stephen.
2: Maybe so, if I've uh, got two minutes a shot, I might look at it.
1: <laughs> that'd be great. actually. a handicap, handicap system. And, uh, and if, if it said, ladies and gentlemen, please be quiet now for Stephen Hendry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd have loved to be in that arena myself uh, on Saturday night. There were so many players there including some that we've not seen that much before. Egypt's Mustafa Dorham won his first ever pro match. Um, loads of wins for other young talent. Uh, Jack Boyk is 16. Oliver Sykes, 17. Stan Moody, we've talked about before, 17. Liam Pullen, uh, 18. Dylan Emery, 22. In fact, half of the field in the last 16 were 30 or under. And of those eight, C, of course, 21. Liam Davis, 17. And the Ukrainian Julian Boyko is um, 18. So a lot of talent coming through. The most notable kid, though, 13-year-old Sean Liu. He beat Ishpreet Singh 57-52 in a nail biter in round one. And true fact, you might have seen this, he's actually named after Sean Murphy.
2: Amazing stuff. I've seen this kid playing in, in Dings Academy in Sheffield from Hong yeah. Kong. And um yeah, he's very, very talented. Um people always say, oh, that you know, 13-year-old 40 it says, Oh, what a great um sort of prospect. But being that young, it's like there's there's so so many, as you know, as as a teenager, and never distractions before. You know, you've got to keep to try and keep in that path, to be in sport. Um, I think is very difficult. But um, but no, this kid is very very talented, and at thirteen to play in that sort of thing was well amazing. Yeah, it's
1: absolutely mad to think about it. His mum and dad had to bring him to the to the tournament. But yeah, you just you wonder what we'll be seeing of him. Obviously, a lot of other really good kids. The shootout format, I guess, gives. Uh, players that age a chance mm. to show what they can do because you're only playing one frame you could easily make it through
2: a few rounds uh, listen uh, that's, that's the thing about that tournament literally I mean uh, uh, I forget who was in the, the semi-finals again um, well, by the way Sean Murphy will be on now because I've just re- forgot someone's name <laughs> I was was gonna Steve- Sean Murphy's going to be on, like Stephen Hendry worst pundit in the world lazy that's what he calls <laughs> me <laughs> but um, yeah it is exciting to see these people come out of almost nowhere It's the beauty of the tournament, right? It's a a chance for someone who can come through out of nowhere, win a ranking tournament, possibly qualify for the champion of champions. Anything can happen in that frame, anything.
1: Uh, So it's Mark Allen who eventually came out on top at the shootout, beating Kao Yupeng 65-4 in the final to secure his 10th and most unusual ranking title. Let's hear from him now, speaking with Phil Seymour for WST. The 2023 Bet Victor Snooker Shootout Champion mark
4: allen what a night that's been mark yeah it's crazy and it? it's chaotic it is just what the shootout's all about really uh, but you always feel if you can get into that final session on the last day that last 16 everything happens so quickly and i thought you can get on a bit of a roll so yeah, if you just get into that last session, you, you feel like all those 16 players have a good chance of winning. So I'm glad to come out on top. It's a box ticked in the sense that at the end of the tournament, and I won the tournament. You no, know, that's what I want to do every time I enter one. So I'm not going to put it anywhere near like the likes of the Masters of the UK or Northern Ireland or things like that. let you will know, be realistic about where the, the event is on the sort of grand scheme of things, but. I still want to win the event. I wouldn't enter if I didn't, so uh, I'm happy to tick that box. And it's been a new venue for us here in Swansea. Um, First time here, it's a brand new arena. The crowd has been spectacular, haven't they? Honestly, I was a little disappointed on Wednesday because the ticket sales hadn't went well, too well. It was a little quiet, but today was absolutely nuts. It reminded me of when we first played in Blackpool because that was, in my opinion, the best shootout venue. This is right up there for me. It was unbelievable there today. Crying got noisier and noisier as the day went on. There was a few abusive things thrown at me as the night went on, which were great fun. You have to, you have to just embrace that. and you sort of mentally prepared for what they're gonna throw at me, so uh, it was good to sort of have that again here at the shootout because there has been a few years where it's sort of dwindled a little, and I think it's right back to its very best there this week.
1: Hey, I'm Neil Robertson. When I'm building and painting Warhammer models, I'm tuning into WST's official podcast, Snooker Club. Uh, it's time for a new game now for one week only stars of the shootout stan the action moody and the rock star ollie Lines, go head to head in a game we call a load of balls cue the music i'm ollie Lines.
3: i'm stan moody i'm chris here for the world snooker tour and welcome to a load of balls there's three rounds three categories and only one winner. I'm joined by two snooker players. They have to list as many of that certain category as they possibly can. And because we are at the Bet Victor shootout, we are under a shot clock. 15 seconds in the first two rounds and 10 seconds in the final round. Intense, under the pressure, how will they get on? Let's get into it. I'm gonna start off the this one with world champions, snooker world champions. So Ollie, I'll let you, how many snooker world champions do you think you can name in 15 seconds? Five. Six. Seven. He's thinking really hard here. Eight. That's a load of balls. Okay, Stan, you've got to name eight snooker world champions in 15 seconds. Okay. Ray Reardon, Terry Griffiths, Luca Brassell, Mark Selby, Ronnie O'Sullivan, uh, I forgot, Stuart Bingham, Sean Murphy, uh, Graham Dot, Peter Ebdon. Uh, have I said Smashed Stephen it. Hendry? Yeah. Uh, He's done it. Done it. He's done it. Come on. One nil to stand me. Come in. on. Come on. That was incredible, incredible <laughs> knowledge there. Great oh, knowledge. Other ones, I don't think, you did you say Stephen Hendry in there? Not many people start with Ray Reardon. That's good That's knowledge. That's fair player there. Pure skill and knowledge. As you won that one, Stan, I'll let you start off with the bidding on this one. Ranking events, 2023 to twenty four. So ranking events this season that have already happened and that will be happening. How many do you think you can name? Uh, five. Six. That's a load of balls. Oh, six ranking events, Ollie. Uh, World Championship, UK Championship, Wuhan Open, uh, International Championship, German masters. Snooker Shootout, uh, Welsh open. He's done it. He's done it already. That's good. Oh, it's perfect. Oh Finally, now this I think is a true battle of wit Decide. for the PyOp. And this, you only have 10 seconds. Oh. So like the second half of the shootout, you only have 10 seconds to name oh this category. And it is Christmas films. So uh-huh. we did have shootout, we did have snooker stuff, but we are now going to Christmas films? Two. <laughs> three. Four. That's a load of balls. Ooh, so what was that, four? For the win, for the win for Oily Lines. No pressure. Today. No um, pressure. today. Can we have the clock ready, please? Home Alone, one, two, three, four, five, six. Elf, Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> how, many how many Home Alones is there? Four. You've said five and six, so that's a foul. You've timed out. Is there a five and six? Is there a five and six? No, there is not. Oh! There isn't. There isn't. That's a, that's a concession. Do you know what? I, th- I think we'll give it we'll give it to you, all Disgraceful. The refereeing is disgraceful. It was part of that. I want my money back. Well, there we go. Uh, thank you very much to these two guys. I'm Stan Moody, and that was a load of balls. I'm Ollie Lines, and I won, and that was a load of
2: balls. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Ollie. Commiserations, Stan. Thanks to both for being such great sports. I wonder if a load of balls will get a second series, Mark. What do you think? We, we might have some uh, pressure to change the name from the, the producers before it goes to TV.
1: I suppose whether it gets another series depends on the listeners. Get in touch and <laughs> let us know whether you want to hear more of that sort of thing. If we go back to reality for a moment, though the Bet Victor Scottish Open is underway, uh, obviously the last ranking event ahead of the World Grand Prix in January which is the first event of the Players' Series on ITV. Um, The the one-year list is all the prize money won this season alone, and top 32 in that qualify for the World Grand Prix in January. Tickets at wst.tv slash tickets, or you can watch them on ITV with Stephen expertly talking you through. So at the time of recording, the one-year list we're looking at has been updated after the shootout, but does not include any crucial points won in Edinburgh. One of the main headlines, Stephen, is the world champion, uh, Luke Bresla, is not guaranteed to get in the top 32, which seems mad.
2: Yeah, yeah. In, in, incredible, really. He's, he's just not had a, a great start to, to his season as, as world champion. Um, you know, he's obviously had a had a had a lovely time after winning the world championship. Snooker's probably not been at the forefront um of of his of his thoughts since winning it. He's been he's been enjoying it. Um yes, and I think he actually came out in UK to say that he, he spent four hundred and forty thousand pounds on cars and that the reason for doing that was to make himself hungry again. Make himself uh, hungry to win. He actually said that on T V in, in his interview. <laughs> well, deliberately emptied out his bank balance, so he yeah, to, <laughs> much, which is a bit, but quite radical. I mean, he's he's he's, he's pretty radical in what whatever he's done. he does. I mean, didn't practice anyone the world championship, and now he's yeah decided to to spend that money to make himself hungry to to perform. So it's uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a new way of doing it.
1: It's one way of doing it. I think I'd be tempted to put a little bit away
2: of that four hundred and forty thousand pounds. But uh, there you go, fair play. Yeah. He's not. He's. He's. You know, he's, he's not um, made the top thirty-two. Uh, Mark Allen actually. That was a good win for him in the shootout because that that pushes him into it because he was struggling as well. Um, which was another and would be another strange omission. Karen Wilson, Gary Wilson struggling. Neil Robertson's not there. A lot of the faces you would expect to be in there are not.
1: Yeah, and it just goes to show that I guess what we've been saying. However well you play in these big tournaments, you've got to maintain it. You've got to keep focused. You can't just. Well, Luke, as you say, wasn't practicing at the time. Well, did you did you buy that at the time? Did you was it did it ring true to you that someone could win the worlds without you, you know like without playing
2: that much around the, around the matches? I I I must admit I was skeptical when when it when it was first came out during the World Championship they said he hadn't practiced, but then then when I went out to, to um, film a, a YouTube um, video with him after, like two or three months after he told me and I, like he just told me straight he says no I de- I, de- I didn't practice I didn't want to yeah. practice. But I did speak to him. Him and his girlfriend in New York, and um, he's getting back on it now. I think he realizes now he's, he's a snooker player. That's his job is to go out and win snooker tournaments. And I think yeah. um, he's, he's, yeah. he's back on it now. He's back practicing, whether that's ten minutes a day, fifteen minutes a day, or, or an hour a day. But um, yeah, he, well, he, he needs to get, he needs to get back 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 onto it because at the end of the day, he's a snooker player.
1: Yeah, and at the end of the day, he's got no money now because of all those cars. So uh, he's, <laughs> he needs another big win. Presumably, it wasn't like that for you. When, do you remember what it was like when you? When you won your first world, you, I don't imagine you were just going out and uh, partying. And like, did it, it just make you more focused to to build on what you had?
2: Yeah, I mean, the World Championship was always sort of in, in the in the nineties, the sort of last tournament. And you always had traditionally um, sort of five or six weeks weeks off before the, re- the start of the next season. But yeah, for me, being world champion almost made me want to work harder. Um, yeah to 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 obviously em, emphasize why I'm world champion, go and prove it, and go and 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 I, I was always going to get any tournament I won. If it was Sunday night, um, you know, the Monday morning I'd be back in working again because I, you know, when you win a tr- for me it was what's next. Okay, I've won this. Yeah. Win, what's next? Um, not everyone has that that um, that yeah. sort of frame of mind, but um, but yeah, I, I would I would not be of of the of the mindset of just like okay, I'm going to enjoy this for three or four months and and basically forget. I'm a snooker player for for the first two or three months of the season, which is basically what what what, what more or less what Luke has done. Yeah. Um, no, I, I'm I, it kind of like it does. It does great with me a little bit. I, I, I look at him in mean, so much time you're world champion. You must be full of confidence coming into the season. Why not just, you know, just pile on, just just, you know, keep your foot to the floor. And, and, yeah. and while, while you're confident, win as much as you can. He has got his foot to the floor, but it's it's in an actual sports car, unfortunately, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) Hi, I'm Mark Selby, and when I'm cooking chicken feeders, I always listen to WST's official podcast, Snooker Club.
2: Welcome back to Snooker Club with me, Stephen Hendry, and Mark Watson. Thanks once again to everyone who's been in touch. Remember, it's snookerclub at wst.tv. Now, we've had so many emails the past couple of weeks, we can't read out every one in today's episode, so if you don't hear your message, do not worry. We endeavour to get through all correspondence in future episodes, so please keep getting in touch. Snookerclub at WST.tv. Over to you, Mark. Yeah, we didn't have time for this one last show, for example, so belated welcome to Snooker Club, Joe Price.
1: The message says, very much enjoying the podcast. When in Sheffield for the World Championship in 2015, me and my mates came up with the following actors to play snooker players, and he sent us... A- like a, a sort of a grid of uh, snooker mm. lookalikes. likes. Some of them more accurate than others, I think. Uh, John Virgo, for example, is paired with Russell Crowe here, which,
2: well... JB will be delighted about that.
1: He, he will be, yeah. You can imagine in, in a few years, Crowe could play in the film of John Virgo's life, if that film is made. Um, mm. You've also come out of it quite nicely, Stephen.
2: Yeah. What's it? Christopher Swartz?
1: Is that is that his name? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a handsome fellow, but then uh, one might say the Thank same Thank you very you. much. <laughs> um, Peter course, Ebden, John Malkovich was it was a was a good one. Yes, I think Edden and Malkovich is pretty much the most nailed on. Malkovich has got the same intensity of expression as well, and uh, yeah. that bald head really does, does the trick. Ken Doherty is paired with a female actress with, with, with a with a lady. Yeah, any more snooker look like any more famous actors that could play snooker players uh, will be delighted to hear them. Good work though from Joe, uh, who also says. Loving hearing about Stephen avoiding practice and playing golf. More of that, please. Well, we don't do that on purpose. <laughs> that's, that's just the thing we've come. Up.
2: more where that came from. <laughs>
1: don't worry, Joe. <laughs> if there's one thing we can promise, is that Stephen won't yeah. try too hard on the snooker <laughs> table. Yeah, as always, a few more people claiming to have met Stephen. James Cook, your snooker club membership's in the post. Hi, guys. I met none other than Stephen Hendry at a book signing. Uh, to be fair, it's your book signing, so it would have been surprising if he'd met anyone else. <laughs> your book, me and the table in London a few years ago. I asked him to sign the book from the seven times world champion to the seventh best in Singapore. To his credit, he agreed. And the book is a treasured memory of meeting Stephen, who was an absolute gent. Now, you come out of that better than some of these stories. <laughs> I'm a nice guy. Uh, you I are don't a support. nice guy. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't... <laughs> it's hard to understand why you have the dour reputation. Listen to this one. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine suggested I ask Stephen what his favourite colour is. I did ask him, and he replied,
2: khaki. Does he have yeah. that encounter as well as I do? That, that was obviously the khaki years. <laughs> yeah. I've, 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 I've moved up to a much more glamorous colour now, grey. <laughs> Just
1: listening to the latest podcast, this is Ben. I've attached a photo of the day I met the legend that is Stephen Hendry. Here, listen to this for a, a fun chat. Uh, it, it was during COVID, hence the distance, but I even got a slight smile from him, he claims. There <laughs> you. <know. laughs> you must have been really in the mood that day, Stephen. He says, there's only two players that fit greatest of all time category for me, and it's that man there and Ronnie. Um he says I play for the love of it, and my my highest break is only eighty two, which, as we've heard, is Stephen would be happy with. That's dad. pretty good. He says, yeah, Um, just go and get to the century mark though. Any advice? I mean, eighty two, as we said, is a pretty substantial break. But is there anything you could do to just just get over the line?
2: Um, I, obviously, say when when I was a junior, before you make your first century, it's it's a century is a it's a huge stepping stone in a snooker player's to make that century. Um. I mean, if 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 possible, just just try and concentrate on the ball you're putting. I mean, it's very it's it's not the yeah. greatest, most uh, uh, exciting bit of advice, but just concentrate on the ball you're putting at that time because it, the the danger is you're thinking ahead. You jump um, ahead, yeah, so yeah, yeah. One ball at a time. That's my best advice. There, you are, Ben. one ball at a time. Uh, email from Cameron. He asks,
1: "This is interesting. I think what is the oldest version of himself he would beat?" In a match with his current standard, i.e., would the current Hendry beat the fifteen-year-olds? How far back would you have to go oh. before you could beat your old? That, are you better now than you were as a teenager? Well, I mean, as a teenager, you, you were
2: winning a ranking titles, so yeah. Um, well, I probably have to go quite away, quite a, a, quite far back actually, which is was quite disappointing. Um, because yeah. when. My when you're young, you just play you just go for everything and play and don't think of the consequences. So it's dangerous yeah. to play someone that plays like that. So Yeah. Um thirteen on a six yep. foot by three foot table, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. But yeah. well,
1: we'll try and arrange that by some sort of uh, by some sort of time <laughs> travel, I suppose. Thanks, Cameron. And to finish today's correspondence section, we've we've had a basically a pep talk from Curtis. He says, Hi Mark and Stephen, enjoying the podcast. Nice when people start like that. Stephen, big fan. That century on your comeback against Cahill was incredible. You've definitely still got it. Someone is clearly still... He says you're fibbing about your doubling skills. I believe you can make it back to the crucible with how you've played in spells. The game is clearly still there. Any chance mm-hmm. of sparring with other players to maybe make practice a bit more fun, he asks. And he says, it would be great to see you back. Hope you don't call it a day for at least a while yet. You're certainly not just making up the numbers from my perspective. <laughs> and he then says, Mark, love your scenes on Mock the Week. Probably just to be kind, Um <laughs> I mean, and then he ends by saying, "Shame, this podcast will eventually end." So he's already looking oh. ahead to a time beyond this. Well, Curtis, again, one ball
2: at a time, mate. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, but but going back to um, sparring with other players, I was an uh, idea I had for this season to to try and sharpen up my match practice. Um, unfortunately, it hasn't happened yet. But um, I think I will before selling before entering the World Championship qualifying. I'll, I'll I'll need to get some sort of sparring sparring practice with other players.
1: Yeah, well, there's a lot of support out there for you still, Stephen, as you can tell from this uh,
2: Yeah, I appreciate everything.
1: Last episode, we announced that uh, this year's Masters at Alexandra Palace in London we will be bringing you a live edition of the Snooker Club on the eve of the tournament, Saturday the 6th of January.
2: And I've just been told that the guest on there is going to be Stephen Fry, which will be incredible. Yeah, it really is. That's exciting. Obviously, a snooker fan, big sports fan, Fry. Another, another
1: huge Ronnie O'Sullivan fan, I believe. Yeah. Quite limited tickets for that. the uh, There's going to be a ballot for tickets, which opens on Thursday morning, tomorrow morning, and will close on Monday. So um, be quick, get your name down there, head to WST.tv for all the details, and you could be watching me and Hendry and Fry, probably not in that order of uh, excitement, <laughs> um, at Alexandra Palace in the first week of the New Year just before the market.
2: I'm Stephen Hendry, I'm Matt Watson, and this is Snooker Club, the official World Snooker Tour podcast.
1: Now, we welcome this week's guest, uh, one of the nation's most loved comedians, also an actor and a writer, uh, very often seen on 8 out of 10 Cats, does Countdown, uh, Postman in Afterlife, and um, some way down the Taskmaster League table from me. <laughs> uh, historically, hmm. to be fair, he was put through even more stuff than me. It's Joe Wilkinson. How are you, Joe? Uh, hi, guys. Yes, all right. welcome, yeah, Thanks. Thank, thank you. I uh, what do I feel? I've always feel a bit weird when, you know, when the
0: stuff stuff's listed about you. I'm like, yeah. Oh. How do I yeah, feel?
1: I, I feel, am <laughs> <I'm> an underachiever. <laughs> you know, sometimes that. Uh, first of all, how is your uh, snooker fandom?
0: A few months ago, we I, I do a podcast with David and We were talking yeah. about how when we were younger we were obsessed, and then it's sort of as life got in the way, snooker had to take a back seat, and then we started to. Like, we got, we started speaking to Andy Goldstein to sort of reinvigorate our love of um, snooker. And during that process, we got to meet uh, Steve Davis. It was so thrilling. Well, yeah. (laughs) And so, like, like kind of meeting Father Christmas or something because <laughs> snooker was such a such a staple in my life it was like it was so important and then as I say like so so meeting uh, Steve Davis and now, now yourself Stephen it's just like it is a thing we've we've made part of our lives to get back into snooker and then we as, as we said we, we we were ships in the night uh, uh up in Sheffield a few months ago and uh, it was yeah it's just it was so important as a kid and then it sort of got lost in my adult life so we're, we're i'm bringing it back into my life at the moment
1: how's it going with getting back into snooker
0: well it's great when you when you become friends with steve davis that's a, well, that's, yeah. that's that's a massive plus and a huge thing happened we um we got an email from him and he was uh he's obviously now as i'm sure everyone knows uh, a techno dj <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's come up before this weird <laughs>
2: flex of his
0: yeah and, and he supported blur Mm. At Wembley, and unbelievable,
2: uh, unbelievable. the most <laughs> random thing I think I've ever heard.
1: Oh, it's it's an email you read three or four times. To be honest. <laughs> uh, well, I think I said on the previous episode, I walked past it, a poster <laughs> on the tube, and I had to stop and properly work out whether my <laughs> eyes were so, pho-
0: photoshopping was, yeah. uh, Steve Davis on these posters. And he said, yeah. "Look, c- c- come along, and we um, before the gig, we went on stage at Wembley and uh, and met Steve and got a hug from Steve Davis in the centre of Wembley." Wow. And I, I felt my knees going.
2: I was like, this is, <laughs> this is too yeah. much to take in. In York last week for the UK Championship, I said to him, I was in the studio one one day with him, and I said, where have you been? This was on the Saturday at the end. We've been there for a week. You never see him anymore. He basically turns up at the venue to do his work, and then you never see him. We used to, like, maybe see him in the bar or go out for a meal. You basically never see Steve Davis uh, anymore. Like uh, some of like a hermit or something. I don't know what, what the word is. You just, just like, never yeah. see him. He's making music, I think. That's well,
1: yeah, he's he's hanging out with Depeche Mode or
2: something. <laughs> he's, he's, just like, he's a DJ first and a
1: snooker punter second. Just, just like you're a golfer first. And a <laughs> yeah.
2: But, Joe, you had, you had Barry Hearn on your, on your Chatterbox podcast. Oh, how, yeah. how, how did that go? Oh, another it's, it's, person I was utterly
0: in awe of. I'm in awe. Like, Barry Hearn is another person who was sort of... Uh, he was always in the background of all the things I was obsessed with. <laughs> right, yes. And so he came up, a genuinely lovely man. I felt... Uh, even though I'm 48, I felt like a child in his presence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he felt like a grown-up who's got things going on. And I was like, ah, okay.
1: I mean, Barry uh, Hillen, he does have a lot of stuff going on, to be fair. To I, be I fair, think... he's still busy as a bit, yeah, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, I, I think most people would feel like a child. <laughs> How, how's your, uh, your Patrick Banford podcast going? Because it could be a nightmare working with a, with a, a sportsman. <laughs> I, I can tell you that. The... He's, he's one of the few an absolute gent. No,
0: he's, it's lovely. And it was um, a bit of a dream of mine to uh, meet and become friends with a footballer. He said, would you give up, would you have given up a career in comedy for a 10 year career at Gillingham? And my brain immediately went, yes absolutely yep. absolutely i would have done anything to be a, to, to be in sport like comedy's you know great whatever but i keep yeah. saying yeah yeah whatever but sport was where you know like that's the thing in my life where i'm like mm. i just it's
1: just it, it just consumes me yeah I'm the, I'm the same and when you meet a sports person it is much more exciting
0: uh, yeah
1: house, oh you know. like completely it's i still like
0: was talking about when i saw you across the, the Crucibles team and i was like yeah. like a child
2: going oh god okay oh yeah. so you fan oh. of every sport joe yeah hey, you watch all sports
0: I, I, the olympics is like heaven for me right that is where it's like you just got the opportunity to see the very, very best in the world at everything i had the pleasure of meeting greg rutherford after quite soon after and that was like i remember sean Lott literally saying to him uh like sort of thanking him uh, you know sean was not a, a very like uh over emotional person, no. Publicly, and he sort of thanked Greg on behalf of the nation. And I was <laughs> like, "That's what the Olympics did." It's like, yes, thank you, thank you. You gave us so much joy. It was just such a um, amazing time. Yeah, so yeah, I hoovered it i always, I was always obsessed with the amount of dedication it took to be. A snooker player. That was always my yeah. we used to get not a lot, but like glimpses behind the curtains and it would say I remember some uh, probably like grandstand or something and it was like they'll practice for three hours in the morning and four hours in, and I and I just couldn't get my head You're around. Like, well, I'm out. <laughs> Sorry, doing something for seven hours a day. You would say like it just <laughs> that was a bit I've always been obsessed about in snookers, yeah. is the work. That goes into it because uh, the two things that I found, when found out speaking to Steve is like that you need absolute talent and dedication it doesn't matter because I said if I worked at snooker for 10 hours a day for the next 10 years would I get anywhere he's like absolutely not you've got yeah. to have this poor stupid talent and dedication and then you've got a chance yeah and I was like Okay, I'm not going to do that. Then. <laughs> right. Okay, well, I haven't got, haven't got either of those. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting, though, isn't it? That the work rate, that, like, it's just you saying people are like going, oh, "I only made an 80. Like, go on, man. Yeah. yeah, I know. Go oh, on, cool. it. <laughs>
1: Feel like I've, the QC. You try it then.
0: Yeah, I it. think I think I've done fourteen.
1: Is my record, I think. Yeah, that's about my level, right. I think. A couple of reds, a couple of colours, and uh, sit down.
0: And and two of those were an absolute.
2: <laughs> I was going to say you yeah. didn't think the black was worth 13 points. Did you? <laughs> the way I play, you play it your
0: way, Stephen. I'll play it mine.
2: <laughs> Just written your autobiography, Joe. Is that right? How was, how was in the, that? In the, in
0: the in the loosest possible terms, it's actually uh, well, it's actually an illustrated lie basically yeah i'll show you the uh i you know henry packer don't you uh i do indeed yeah he, he illustrated my so it's um basically it's like a comic book illustrated can you see
2: that? Does that make yeah, sense? it looks like a and in book from here, yeah, from yeah. what I can see. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You're ruining it. You're ruining
2: it. <laughs> I do apologize. There
0: you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're killing me, Stephen. You're killing me. <laughs> if you're listening, Christmas is coming. Remember to pick up a copy of Joe's uh, Children's oh, yeah. Following book of his yeah, life. yeah, But yeah, no, it
0: was great. I because I got asked if I wanted to do a book a few years ago, and I thought, I was like, I, I've never had, I've never had any. Desire to write about myself, basically. Right. But then I was just thought we could do it because I like I make everything up on stage. I never write any. I never write anything truthful or real about myself. It's all sort of like a persona thing. So I thought, well, let's do let's do one like in that version of that in that yeah. world sort of thing. And then I came up with the idea of actually doing it like a like a graphic novel. Yeah, and really good. It's, it's really good. But it was great, and we sort of wrote it. I wrote it through lockdown, so it was one of those. One of those moments where it was like I feel terrible saying it, but I was like, "Oh, I have time to do this." Yeah, mm. and uh, and I, I really knuckled down, and it did sort of help me in that weird time because I know so many people were like, "Kind of, what do I do? What do I do?" You know. Yeah, and um, it sort of saved me a little bit. So it was a bit. It was a real passion project, and i I've been really, really, um, really lucky with how. Uh, brilliant Henry was to work with, and I'm, I'm on his coattails, because his
1: illustrations are absolutely He's brilliant. a very talented guy. Yeah, yeah, so I'm holding on for dear life with him. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, before we move on to the quiz, Joe, what was it like? I've still never been to the, the Crucible. It must, it, that must oh. be, like, that because you've got the combined, the thrill of seeing all the players, and then also the actual, you know, the, this thing again of it being a psychologically important thing that you grew up with, it definitely was for me. I
0: don't know if it was like, I don't know if you'd seen what you think, but it's like mm. it was probably the the probably not the one like, one to go to first because it's so close. Everyone was telling me like it's not like any other. Yeah, you, you're literally on top of the tables. It's yeah. so
2: bizarre. Where, where are you sitting?
0: Oh well, this is the nutty thing on the front row.
2: <laughs> wow. <laughs>
0: and, and I was like,
2: you could reach out and touch them. Yeah, yeah, but so you, it shouldn't, felt... you shouldn't do that. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. I found out. I found
0: out. Um, <laughs> but. We like Ronnie O'Sullivan's like three foot away, and I'm like, there's no, should there be fencing up? I don't know. This is weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I was
2: gonna I was gonna see who did who did you watch playing. So you watched Ronnie. That was good. Yeah, it was it was, uh, but it was so packed in and small, and like I don't know, I don't
0: know what I was expecting. But everyone kept saying this is so unusual, and and, and talking to different players and going, oh, it's where they love playing because the the crowds yeah. on top of you. But like, and then i tell you what, for, the, for, for one, a couple of frames, we just went up and watched r- right at the top, which is sort of almost over the top of the table. Yeah. So that yeah, 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 I was going to see it from a couple of different places, really. But we were sport rotten, so we were right right on the front and then right at the top. And then, I don't know, just like, i tell you what was the most interesting thing. And, and this was your, this was you, Stephen, your commentary was so valuable to to a novice. Oh, because, so
2: you had the earpieces and everything. Yeah, then. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. I
0: didn't know That was the thing that you do. Yeah, it's like someone subtly explaining chess moves to you. If you watch, right, okay. I watch chess, I'll be like, yeah, it's two blokes moving.
2: Yeah, yeah, me too.
0: wooden pieces, and snooker's a bit like that, mm. really. Until mm. someone's in your ear going, "He's he's why why he's doing this?" Right. Okay. This it opens the game up to uh, such a different level because oh, because cool. uh, yeah. I was like I don't know whether to listen on the earpiece or not. You know what I mean? Like, while well, and I, I watched a bit and I was like I don't really know what's going on. And I put put their head headpiece thing on, and then it was it was thrilling because yeah. like yeah. you oh, cause cool. you were sort of predicting what he n- needs to do and yeah and it's like. And then so I'm starting to go, oh, I think he's gone he's not quite nailed that or he has or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know I just changed it all and I was just <laughs> it was such a quick few hours of just right. like yeah, well, just intensity. Oh, it, it was brilliant. I loved it. And and the other thing that I was really couldn't <laughs> couldn't get over was the fact that some people got drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like the worst yeah. place to get drunk. You can't yeah. you gotta be quiet, respect and there and some people were drunk. I just was, blew my mind that anyone yeah, would he, get in the crucible. It's like
1: the it's, weirdest place to get drunk. <laughs> the shootout is the place for those people. Yeah, um, the <laughs> the
2: ones to go in for that.
1: Well, we don't often hear that Stephen's commentary has actually made anyone's experience.
0: <laughs> so that's, that's a very nice moment. <laughs> but, genuinely, on my life, I was like, "Wow!" I, I uh, it, thank you very much it, for saying that. Really Jeez. opened it
1: up. Uh, now I think it's time to quiz you, uh, Joe. I hope you're prepared for this. Oh God! Well. <laughs> It's actually it's a mixture, actually. Uh, so okay. the format is you have one hundred and forty-seven seconds on the clock. So, uh, OK. I know, I know, yeah, why. I know yeah, why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on no <laughs> call. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. That is not a random <laughs> amount. Put it that way.
1: Um, and the way it works is you get a red, red ball, which is a question about yourself, and then, <laughs> then you can choose a colour. Oh, uh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the colour can be uh, well today it's green for Christmas trivia. Um, blue for general knowledge Or
2: black for snooping I'm
1: going to smash around the table basically. Exactly Smash the board around See what happens Probably smash
2: make them. a higher score Than I had at Lincoln the other night <laughs> Yeah <laughs> uh, Alright Joe Yeah
1: so, I was going to say A nice easy one To, uh, red to start you <laughs> off Might not actually be that easy What year did you first appear On 8 out of 10 cats?
0: Oh Uh 2013. Oh, I've got
1: 2012 here. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> there you are. Straight away, then muttering at the bar. Um, <laughs> oh, no. All oh, right, I reckon you'll get this one. What okay. vegetable did you have to put into a golf hole?
0: Oh, uh, uh, um, potato. Okay,
1: there we are. All right, uh, green, 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 or black? Green. Uh, what is the first name of Scrooge, the principal character of the novel A Christmas Carol? Oh, Ebenezer. Yes three more points there you are making it look easy (laughs) I'm sweating it (laughs) David Earl became uh, a fan of Exeter City on my new football club with you which club are Exeter's biggest rivals oh that'll be Torquay well uh, or Plymouth I've got got Plymouth yeah I'll (laughs) accept that because I think Torquay also are pretty big rivals so that's that's gone in the jaws but it's just about (laughs) it It rattled in (laughs) it rattled it wiped wiped its feet but it's gone down Um, Um, let's go let's go black ooh no this is for to seven points. Oh, no, no. Oh, God. Uh, a match at the snooker shootout lasts a uh, maximum of how many minutes? Oh, God. Uh Eleven. What? Ten? It was... Oh, for God! I'm lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Rattled again! I'm rattling! Again. It's very dramatic stuff. Guys. Everyone's at the bar now, aren't they? God, right. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think everyone's glued to this. Within... <laughs> this is hard, I think. Another red. Within two, how many acting credits do you have on IMDb? Within two, Um... Uh, t- ten. No, loads more than that. Um, it, you apparently have 29 acting credits. okay. Jesus, what. It sounds like that. you've been, in, you've been in, you've done a number of things in your career which you have no recollections at all. <laughs> this is your own life we're talking about, Jeff. How many followers do you have on Instagram? Another red, here. Oh, my, my wife set me up on that. Um, yeah, you don't always know stuff 50, like that. 50,000. Again, you're more popular than you think. 67,000. Oh. We've not had many situations before where we're struggling to get off the reds... ...because someone doesn't remember their own life. Um, The first episode of The Cockfields has which day Uh, of the week as its title? Oh, no, don't you? uh, Thursday? Well, sort of. Friday. (laughs) no, 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 no. And that is, luckily, time up because we've run out of (laughs) red. Oh, no. (laughs) You only (laughs) had two colours, right? Yeah, your your long game was good, but you were just struggling to get amongst the pack. (laughs) But, Joe, um... <laughs> you posted an all-time low break of five, largely <laughs> thanks to huge vulnerability on the subject of Joe Wilkins. Yes, I'm not at the bottom. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: it's, um... Oh no, Yes,
1: yeah, Stephen was the uh Stephen was bottom of the leaderboard. <laughs> There'll definitely be people out there, even your Instagram <laughs> followers who would have known more about your own life. There are question marks over how much of your heart and soul you really put into your work, Joe. <laughs> oh dear.
0: That's gonna that's gonna stay with me for a few days there. Oh uh, no, it is. Uh, we've said that the, the
1: pressure of the occasion can do it to anyone. <laughs> Still, thanks for thanks for coming on, Joe. Oh, thank um, you, thank you so much.
0: Thanks um, very
2: much, Joe. Great to meet uh, you. Pleasure.
0: And you, and you, and um, I'm sorry, I blushed at you when we uh, crossed paths. <laughs> <by the laughs> no show. problem. I, I found it too <laughs> overwhelming. If
2: I'm honest, uh, yeah. Ali Pali is the next one you want to go to.
0: Oh yeah, right, definitely. Okay, that's the one. Oh yeah, how are you with Snooker Loopy, Joe? Zookee Loopy, not so. We we all thought that song.
1: I mean, I can, yeah, sing, yeah. I can sing it right to the end if that's what you're wondering. There, there you go. You, see, I, you just wonder whether we whether we should have put that as well. We couldn't have that as a question because again, you couldn't get into the colours. Um, <laughs> frustrating. Yeah, for me, um, very. Much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being on, Joe. Would you, would you just play us out with a short snatch of uh, Snooker Loopy?
0: I wouldn't have agreed to come off i uh, known this bit. Snooker, loopy, nuts or we We're all snooker, loopy. Pop the red, then screw back to the yellow, green, brown, blue, pink. Come back, snooker, loopy. Oh, my God, I'm that's dying. The, that's, that's the stuff, yeah.
1: That is, <laughs> that is how professional players still remember the order of the colours, I, I believe, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, good fun. Thank you a lot, Joe. Well, thank you for having me so much. That was uh, wonderful. Cheers, Joe. Thank have a nice, you. well, I say have a nice week, but you won't remember what happened every last <laughs> time. Uh, yeah. Oh, dear. No,
0: thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Cheers, Joe. That was great fun. Thanks very much. Take care, everyone.
1: That's all from us this week on Snoopy Club. Uh, please, as always, download and subscribe and leave a review if you're in the mood, if you're in a generous mood. Uh, World Snooker Tours YouTube is the place to go for all the best clips from the show.
2: They'll be available from next week. Thanks once again for listening and for all your messages. Please keep getting in touch. The address is snookerclub at wst.tv. Next week, remember to tune in to the 147, your fortnightly roundup from WST. Until then, goodbye from me, and I imagine goodbye from Stephen. Bye-bye.